Today's reading is Luke 1, chapters, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 56, birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call him his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will come call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home.
So the, um, the Bible reading we heard, and I, I let it stretch to the Magnificat, which is Mary's song of praise, um, just so that we would really have a chance to, to remember the promises of God. But we're going to focus on uh, verses 26 to uh, 38 this morning. And so that Bible reading that we heard uh, from the Gospel of Luke, it tells of a very young girl who had to face a lot of fear at a very young age and had to also face uh, the shame of Christmas morning. Um, It would be kind of shameful for her. And she wrestles with some very serious things. She has some serious doubts uh, about what she hears from from God's messenger. But by the end of it, she expresses she has faith. She has firm belief in the very promises of God that God promised to Abraham a long time ago and made promises you know, to Israel. And, and, and so she, she was familiar with all that history, but she trusted that personally that God would, would come through for her. And so that's, that's kind of what we're going to focus on today, um, on, on this idea of, of her belief and believing. And so the question this morning and at this time in Advent for each one of us is... Um, is will I believe in the Christmas message? Will I believe in the true meaning of Christmas, the Christmas story? Um, will I believe that? It's interesting because uh, this is the only time of the year, um, many people have pointed this out, that, um, that where it's where consumer capitalism um, and, and Christianity, where they kind of meet, and they come to this like meeting point of interest, where kind of everybody's talking about the same thing. And so... Um, you know, ever since September, the Christmas stores have been flooded with all this Christmas decoration, right? The Santa hats and the, the bows and the, everything else, right? It's just flooded with Christmas. Um, and, and, of course, Christianity, right? For the last four, four weeks or so, we've been talking about getting ready for Christmas, right? So, so there's this bridge where kind of everybody cares about Christmas all of a sudden. Everybody has a vested interest. And, and, and people care about some of the main things that, that Jesus even cared about, right? Some of the things that Jesus valued that, uh, for example, pretty much around this time of year, every time, right? Everyone wants to be more generous. That's a Christian idea that, that um, it, it actually is reflected in. And it comes from the very fact that God himself humbled himself, became human for us, Right? He who was rich became poor for our sakes, and that, that generosity. Um, so the question this morning is, is, how are you going to respond to the call of Christmas morning? How are you going to respond to Christmas? Um, Jesus is coming. He came to save. He's coming to rule. Christmas is coming. How, how are we going to respond? Will you respond like Mary, accepting God's invasion in your life unexpectedly? Will you, expect, will you accept the, the shame that comes from his calling on your life and, and receive glory in the end? Or, or will you reject him? Will you deny him? We have choices to make today. And so really to help us with this, this big question, as Christmas comes in how many more days? So I'm sure there's a countdown going on, right? Two days, right? Yeah. Two days away. Um, to help us re- reflect on this, what we learn about belief uh, let's look at uh, four things this morning. So first, faith is not blind. Uh, second thing, faith takes time. Third, faith is surprising. And fourth, faith receives whatever God gives. Four things I want us to look at today. 
So Luke chapter 1, verse 26 says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. So an angel shows up to Mary's front door. His name is Gabriel, uh, if you're wondering. And, and he comes knocking on the door of a very young woman, probably around the age of 13 years old. That's pretty young. Um, in the first century, though, girls would uh, be engaged around that time. Uh, but she was a virgin, meaning she hadn't known a man intimately. And so this angel, Gabriel, knocks on Mary's door. She's still living with her parents, uh, waiting to be fully married to Joe. And his first words that come out of the mouth are greetings. I got one laugh from that, Joe, right? That's, that's funny. Joseph. All right. Joe. All right. Uh, his first word is greeting, though. Uh, it reminds me of, of sort of the Martian, uh, you know, that comes to visit greetings. Or um, uh, maybe for us, you know, a little updated version of that. Uh, anybody remember Toy Story, the little green guys? forget what they say. Probably greetings, too, right? It's always what aliens say. Um, so it's kind of like this foreign thing is happening. Like, what's going on? Um, now, when we think of angels, I think we usually think of, the, like, the chubby, toga-wearing, right, like, kind of thing, kind of harmless. Uh, not the case in the Bible. Uh, anytime an angel shows up, what are the first words that usually come out of their mouth? Anybody know? Yeah, don't be afraid. Like, fear not. Like, oh, don't worry. Like, I'm not going to kill you. Which means that they were like pretty weaponized. They were pretty awesome. They were pretty majestic. They were pretty glorious. They were they were uh, sort of warriors, you know. So so it kind of maybe an equivalent. It would almost be like SWAT showing up at your front door, right? How would you feel if SWAT just came, was knocking on your front door? Probably not too politely either. Uh, you open the door and it's the SWAT team. You're like, what are they doing here, right? A little bit of shock, a little bit of surprise because of the power the, the, of what's going on there. Um, I want to point out something. I want you to notice something about Mary's reaction, right? Because faith isn't blind. Um, people like to make fun of the Bible. Uh, it's an ancient book made of fairy tales and fables. And, and thinking that makes it easy to dismiss. To kind of just shove away every time... Christmas morning is coming on the mind. Uh, and sometimes the, the same people who usually think that about the Bible, it being ancient and, and all that, uh, tend to think Bible-believing people are just naive followers, blind followers. Uh, that a Christian someone who's just going to believe anything and would just take a leap off a building because God said to do it, you know? Blind followers. Um, now, I want you to look at this. Mary doesn't do that, <laughs> That's not what happens here. Uh, Mary doesn't go, oh, cool, uh, an angel just knocked on my door. <laughs> you know, well, you know, I talk to angels every once in a while, you know, pretty regularly. I'm going to have a conversation with an angel right now, no big deal. No, that's not how the conversation goes, right? She responds not with blind faith, but, but with, it says discernment, verse 29. She tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. That's no blind leap in the dark. Faith's not blind. She's not just jumping into nowhere. She's, she's, she's checking things out. She's investigating. In other words, people in Mary's day weren't basic. Yeah, basic. No, they weren't basic, right? They're not basic. They, they, uh, uh, C.S. Lewis once um, 
said, uh, uh, kind of called out this chronological snobbery that, that us moderns have, right? We think that just because people are ancient, right, that they're not as smart as we are, right? That we're a lot more intelligent. Um, and that's, that's being a chronological snob. Um, so if an angel showed up and, and started chatting with you, um, would you feel troubled, first of all? First response, would you feel troubled? And, and second, would you try to figure out what's going on? Would that be your reaction? Right? Because we're so enlightened, moderns, right? No, that was Mary's reaction. So it's a normal reaction, right? If an angel shows up, you're going to be like, what's going on? So that's what happens. So first thing we learn about believing, um, that faith is not blind. The second thing, faith takes time. Uh, verse 30, And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you found favor with God. Verse 31, And behold, you will conceive in your, in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? As you can expect, right, Mary had some serious doubts about what's going on. Like, what, God, what, what is going on here? Uh, depending on how you were raised or like, the kind of background you had, exposure to church life and all that, uh, you might be surprised to hear a pastor say that to you this morning, that Mary doubted. Um, uh, but she did. She doubted. She experienced deep questioning and wrestling with what's going on around her, with what was being revealed to her. Uh, sometimes religious people can get kind of creepy and weird about faith, saying things like, uh, you just have to believe. Right? Just believe. Um, and it sounds more like a, a Christmas Disney movie right? than, than the Bible. Um, and if, if that's really the only substance you hear from from a spiritual guru, run because it's probably a cult. Right? It's, not, it's not coming from the Bible. Uh, because Christianity welcomes doubt, at least doubt that's open to, to being curious, doubt that is open to being convinced. Um, if we read all of Luke chapter 1, we would have been exposed to a story about uh, John the, the Baptist's dad. Um, his name was uh, Zechariah. And uh, he had doubt about... Um, he and his wife being able to conceive at a very old age, but God promised that, and God did that. He doubted that, though. But there's a difference between Zechariah's doubt and, and Mary's doubt. Um, his doubt did not want to consider anything further. His doubt did not want to hear and listen, whereas her doubt was open-minded, and she was willing to consider what God had to say next. And so, I mean... Are you an open-minded person? Do you, find yourself, do you think that you're an open-minded person? Because if you are, then you'll be willing to look at, you'll be willing to actually read the Gospels. You'll be willing to consider the evidence. You'll be willing to listen to um, uh, answers that are actually um, legitimate and not just uh, straw man arguments for, for what it is, why it is that we believe what we believe as Christians. Um, an open-minded person will weigh the evidence. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that you'll believe everything all at the same time uh, or all at once um, or, or, or that you'll come to faith in the same exact way that someone else did. Um, 
What it does mean, though, is that for each of us, we need some time to process. Usually, we need some time to process. Like Mary, faith for anybody takes time. So she asked the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? How is this going to happen? She's doubting. She's questioning. She's curious. And she's processing. She's really trying to wrap her mind around the fact that, I mean, being impregnated by God, uh, you can see, first of all, how, how anyone's mind would be blown by that, thinking about that. You can also sense how, how crazy this must have sounded, just that fact alone. And then how insane this news must have been for her as she's betrothed to Joseph, right? She's about to get married. And then she hears this news, which completely wrecks her plans in a way, because she's having a baby not with Joseph. And so people are going to ask questions like, who's the dad? Who's the father? Um, Based on the timing of things, people would understand. People would figure this out. There would be shame on that first Christmas morning for Mary because of this promise. I don't think we usually take enough time to really think about the cost of discipleship on the part of Mary, that, that, that it personally cost her so much to follow Jesus, who wasn't even born yet. But she found following him worth the cost. And uh, later, uh, as we read uh, verse, verse 38, she accepts what's going to happen to her, but it's not until verse 40, 46 that she, she responds in, in um, a magnificent way, a, a way that praises God for what he's doing in her life. So faith takes time. Faith takes time. Um, Third, faith is surprising. And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Verse 36. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her, who who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Next, the, the angel reminds Mary and Elizabeth, uh, uh, reminds Mary that Elizabeth was old, right? She, she, she was able to conceive at a very old age, something impossible became possible for her. And that's what faith does, right? It, it looks back to when God was faithful in order to live the next day and in order to carry on into the future, it goes back to the promises of God, back to what we know is certain, back to, to what we know is true about God's history. And even though faith is surprising, it's still believable because we can trust God who has a, tr- a proven track record. But, but faith is surprising. It really is surprising. Uh, imagine how shocking it would have been to be her. To, to hear, I mean, you're a 13-year-old girl, you're not married yet, you've never been with a man before, and you're told you're going to have a baby. So that's, that's surprising. And not just any baby, but the long-promised baby who is going to be the Redeemer, the Savior of Israel and of the world. That's pretty surprising news to hear, right? Out of all people on earth, too, out of all of the women in history that it could have been, it was this one 13-year-old girl in a, in a small town, Nazareth, that was not a, a glamorous city, right? It was, it was a town of nobodies. And so she's going, why me? Why would God choose me? 
Why did God find me favorable? Now, it doesn't matter if you, if you just became a Christian a few minutes ago or a day ago or a year ago or a really long time ago. It doesn't matter. Um, the question is, do you think back on the time that you came to faith? Do you think back on that time and do you see that time as being utterly surprising to you? Are you surprised that God chose you? Um, you know, as, as I was thinking about uh, these words to Mary and reflecting on that, you know, personally, and I think back to, to my life and, and what, what God did, when I was literally running from him, I moved far away from home, tried, you know, was living it up, having a great time, and, 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 and in the very place that I did not expect to find God, that is exactly where he showed up in my life, invaded, and boom, became a Christian. Did something that I did not want to do. <laughs> I was trying to run from all of that stuff. Kooky Christianity stuff. Do you sense the wonderful shock and awe, the surprise of Christmas morning in your life, ever? Um, do you sense your unworthiness and God's great gift of grace to you? Uh, one, I love how one pastor put this. He said, um, there's no of courseness about becoming a Christian. In other words, no Christian should ever be able to say when asked the question, why are you a Christian? No Christian should ever be able to say, well, of course I am. Of course I'm a Christian. Right? Feeling really good about myself. Of course I'm a Christian. Of course God would choose me. Of course. You know, we, we can't say that. Um, because a Christian sees how needy and, and broken and sinful and wretched he or she it really is, so that it's shocking, it's surprising that God would show up on my front door and say, I'm calling you by name. You are mine. That's a surprising message. Um, one uh, old, old uh, Christian named John Newton, you know, he once wrote and sang the song, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch. Right. Yeah. Ooh, someone's got a beautiful voice. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Right? Only surprising grace, radical grace, can, can give you that sense of, first, yes, your own unworthiness, but of your value, of your worth in the eyes of God. But it's surprising. So is your response to that question, who would have thought that I would be here? Who would have thought that I would be one? Um, being a Christian is the last thing I may have wanted or expected, but I'm so glad that God made me one. Finally, faith receives whatever God gives. Verse 38 says, And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Okay, you know a song that really drives me crazy every Christmas? It's not Little Drummer Boy because that song drives everybody crazy. The song that drives me crazy every Christmas is Mary, Did You Know? Yeah. Some people are shocked, right? But I'm going to go there. It drives me crazy because Mary did know, <laughs> right? It's like, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would da-da-da-da, blah, 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 right? All that stuff. 
And it's like, yes, Mary knew. Like an angel showed up to her front porch and told her what was going to happen. Yes, Mary knew. Like it's not surprising. Like so we don't need to sing that song anymore. So no offense, no offense. It just drives me nuts. I had to get that off my chest this Christmas. Um, but Mary knew, right? She knew what, was, what she was getting into here. She knew what God was expecting of her. And she knew she was afraid, right? Naturally. She, she was also um, feeling the sense of shame that she was going to have. Yes, in the face of all of her fears, what if, what if Joseph would no longer want to marry me, right? Because of this, because I'm pregnant. And he knows it's not his child. Uh, what if the town are talking about me once this baby's born and grown up and they're always chit-chattering and slandering me and talking about how um, he's an illegitimate son, how she has to wear this scarlet letter for the rest of her life. She's branded for life because of God's calling on her life. She faces the shame of Christmas morning, Mary did, and she said, let it be to me according to your word. Let it be done to me. Um, One of my favorite uh, uh, children's books growing up uh, was, let's see if anybody knows this. Maybe Caitlin, do you know this one? The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Have you read that one? Awesome. Um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And there's this great quote, and I'll never forget it. Um, It's, uh, uh, now I'm forgetting it. No. (laughs) on the spot. Uh, he isn't safe, but he's good, right? Um, I think Mr. Beaver um, is talking to um, uh, uh, Susan and, and uh, Lucy, and, uh, and, and, and uh, said, Aslan's a lion, the lion, the great lion. And Susan's like, oh, I, I thought he was a man. Um, is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. And then uh, Mr. Beaver goes, uh, safe? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you, right? And becoming a Christian isn't always safe, but it's good. There's a whole proven history of this across the pages of history uh, since Christianity was birthed on the scene. And, and uh, uh, one really short quote um, by uh, a Christian who died uh, pretty young in life. I've had lots to say about Advent Advent and Christmas, and I've brought up a few times in the Advent series. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, he once said, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. Right? The cost of discipleship. Uh, Another Christian, uh, his name was Jim Elliott. Uh, He was a missionary uh, to an indigenous people group, and he actually died, kind of like the guy who recently died, um, but he died to, uh, uh, by the hands of the, the very people that he was going to preach to. But he once said, he said, um, he, is n- he is no fool who, um, ooh, what is this one? He is no fool who gives up what he cannot gain. No, that's not right. <sighs> All right. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Um. Both of these Christians, uh, like many Christians before them, like Mary, they all realized at some point um, we stopped calling the shots, right? That true faith receives whatever God gives us and says amen. Full stop. Says amen. With what God wants to give. 
In other words, what all of these Christians uh, before us teach us is that it's something that's really hard for us to get, something really hard for us to embrace, um, especially because uh, in America, um, in our culture, you know, everything's contractual, everything's dictated by us. Um, you know, we're the consumer, we're the customer, and so if I'm unhappy, if I'm not satisfied with the product, I can just turn away, I can turn around, I can shop somewhere else, I can go somewhere else, I can be someone else, I can do something else, right? Because it's up to us, everything's negotiable, but Christianity is not like this. And yes, this is offensive, but it's God's way or there's no other way. We should ask, why wouldn't I trust God? Why wouldn't I believe that he makes good on his promises? Why wouldn't I trust the one who not only created me and everything I see around me, but the God who cared so much about people, the people that he made, that he, would, he, he was willing to give his one and only son up for me. See, Mary and Dietrich and Jim and Clive and all these others, they all said, as a cloud of witnesses, that they were willing to surrender their lives, to give up their goals and their dreams, because following Jesus was well worth the price. So with all these saints who died in obedience to the Lord, who died in some cases unknown, not that popular in their lifetime, not all that glamorous. Mary, for example, was a nobody from a nowhere town. And yet now this, you know, 2,000 years later, we're talking about Mary. She's remembered for generations as the one who gave up what she could not keep to gain what she could never lose. Let it be done to me according to your word. See, those were the, Mary, those were the, the, the words of Mary's son, Jesus, as he faced the fear and the shame of the cross. He embodied a life that said to the Father, Thy will be done. On the night on which he was betrayed, um, on the night in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before he was betrayed and, and given up, he would later say, Not what I will, but what you will. He would make the greatest surrender, pay the ultimate price, gave himself up for us, gave everything up for us. Let it be done to me according to your word, he said. Loved us, he has. Let it be done to me according to your word. That is the posture of the Christian who follows Jesus Christ as Lord. So if the God who would give us his only son did that and fulfilled his promise to marry into all of the prophets and all these saints throughout history before us, right? Why wouldn't he come through for me? Why wouldn't he come through for you today? Will you trust in him? Will you follow this Lord? Who went all the way from the manger to the cross for you? Because he loved you. Let's pray.